Chapter 31 of The Way of Perfection. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne Boulay. The Way of Perfection by St. Teresa of Avila. Translated by the Reverend John Dalton. Chapter 31. She continues the same subject, and explains the prayer of quiet, etc. I wish, daughters, notwithstanding, to explain this prayer of quiet to you, according as I have heard it practiced, or our Lord has pleased to let me understand it, perhaps in order that I might explain it to you. And it seems to me that our Lord begins to make known that He has heard our prayers, and that He already begins to give us His kingdom here in order that we may truly praise and sanctify his name, and endeavor that all men may do the same. This is something supernatural, which we cannot acquire by all our diligence, because it is settling the soul in peace. Or rather, to speak more correctly, our Lord leads her into peace by his presence, just as he did holy Simeon, for all the faculties are calmed. The soul understands in a manner different from understanding by the exterior senses, that she is now placed near her God, and that in a very short time she will become one with him by union. This does not happen, because she sees him with the eyes of the body, or of the soul. For as holy Simeon saw this glorious little infant only under the appearance of poverty, and wrapped in swaddling clothes, and with attendants to follow him, he might rather have supposed he was the son of some mean person, than the son of the heavenly father. But the child made himself known to him, and so in the same way the soul understands he is there, though not with the like clearness, for she herself knows not how she understands, but that she sees herself in the kingdom, at least near the king who is to give it to her. And the soul seems impressed with such reverence, that then she dare not ask anything. It is, as it were, an interior and exterior fainting away, so that the exterior man, I mean the body, that you may understand me better, does not wish to stir at all. But like a person who has almost arrived at his journey's end, he rests, in order to be the better able to travel again, for here one's strength is redoubled for the purpose. A very great delight is experienced in the body, and a great satisfaction in the soul. She is so delighted at merely seeing herself near the fountain, that she is already satisfied even without drinking. She seems to have nothing more to desire. The faculties are so quiet that they will not stir, and everything seems to be an obstacle to her love. And yet the faculties are not lost, for they can think near whom they stand, since two of them are free. Here the will is a captive, and if she feel any pain in this state, it is to see that she is to return to her former liberty. The understanding does not wish to understand more than one thing, nor the memory to employ itself about anything more. Here they perceive this alone is necessary, and that all things else disturb them. They would not have the body move, because they think they should lose that peace, and therefore they dare not stir. Speaking is painful to them, they will sometimes spend an hour in saying only one our father. They are so near, that they perceive they are understood by signs. They are in the palace close by their king, and they see that he already begins here below to bestow upon them his kingdom. Here float tears without any feelings of grief, and sometimes even they are attended with great delight. 
they seem not to be in the world, and they wish neither to see nor to hear of it, but only to hear of their God. Nothing troubles them, and it seems nothing can do so. In a word, while this continues, they are so inebriated and absorbed with the delight and satisfaction contained therein, that they remember not there is anything more to desire, and they exclaim with St. Peter, Lord, let us make here three tabernacles. In this prayer of quiet, God sometimes bestows another favor, very hard to be understood, unless one has great experience. And if he have such experience, those who have it will immediately understand it. And it will afford them great consolation to know what it is. And I believe God often bestows this favor together with the other. When this favor is great, and continues for a long time, it seems to me that unless the will were attached to something, it could not continue so long in that peace. For it happens that we go on a day or two with this satisfaction, and do not understand ourselves. I speak of those who have it. They see, indeed, they are not entirely taken up with what they do, but that they want the chief thing, which is the will. And this seems to me to be united with God, and to leave the other faculties free, that they may attend to things relating to his service. And for this object, they have then more ability. But as regards worldly concerns, they are stupid, and sometimes as it were fools. This is a great favor, on whomsoever our Lord bestows it, for the active and contemplative life are united. Our Lord is then served by all, for the will is busy at her work, without knowing how she works, and continues in her contemplation. The other two powers serve to do the office of Martha, so that she and Mary walk together. I know a person whom our Lord often raised to this state, and because she knew not what it was, she asked a great contemplative, who told her, It was very possible, for the like had happened to him. I think, therefore, that since the soul is so well satisfied in this prayer of union, the will must, during most of the time, be united to him who alone is able to satisfy it. Now here it seems to me it would be well to give some advice for those amongst you, sisters, whom God, in his goodness, has raised to this state, for I know there are some such amongst you. The first is, that when they see themselves in that joy, and know not how it has come upon them, at least they see they could not obtain it of themselves. This temptation presents itself, that they think they can make it continue, and so they do not wish even to breathe. A foolish error is this, for as we cannot make the day break, so neither can we prevent the night from coming on. It is now no act of ours, for it is supernatural, and we are quite unable to acquire it. The surest means of retaining this favor is to understand clearly that we can neither diminish nor add thereto, but only receive it as being most unworthy of it, and give thanks for it. This we should do, not with many words, but like the publican, not daring to lift up our eyes. It is good to seek for more solitude, in order thereby to make room for our Lord, and let his majesty work as in something of his own, and to utter, from time to time, some sweet word, like one blows a candle, when he sees it has gone out, in order to light it again. But if the candle be burning, our blowing serves only to extinguish it. This blowing should, in my opinion, be gentle, that it may not trouble the will, by forming many words with the understanding. Pay great attention, my friends, to the advice I will now give you, 
for you will often find yourselves unable to make use of those other two powers. It may happen that the soul enjoys very great quiet, and in the meantime the understanding is so distracted, that what happens seems not to be in its house. And so then it seems that it is as a guest in another person's house, and it goes seeking for other lodgings to live in, since that does not please it, for it little knows what it is to continue still in one state. Perhaps this has only been my case, and others may not have been so. I think that sometimes I desire to die, because I am unable to remedy this variety of thoughts. Other times they seem to be settled in their house, and they accompany the will, so that when all the three powers agree, it is a kind of heaven. Just like two married persons who love each other, for what one desires, the other does too. But if the husband be bad, it is soon discovered how troubled the wife is thereat. When the will, therefore, perceives herself in this quiet, let her not heed the understanding, or thought, or imagination, for I know not which of them it is, any more than she would heed a fool. For if she seek to carry any one of these with her, she must of necessity be occupied, and somewhat disquieted. Hence, in this degree of prayer, all will be labor and no gain. But we shall lose that which our Lord gives us without any labor of ours. Pay great attention to this comparison, which our Lord suggested to me when in prayer. It suits me exactly, and I think explains my subject. The soul is like a child that sucks, lying at his mother's breast, and she, to please him, without moving his lips, forces the milk into his mouth. Even so it is here, for without any labor of the understanding, the will continues loving, and our Lord is pleased that, without her thinking on it beforehand, she should understand that she is conversing with him, that she only swallows the milk which his majesty puts in her mouth, and enjoys its sweetness, and that she knows it is our Lord who bestows this favor upon her, and that she exults in the enjoyment of it. But let her not be desirous of knowing how she enjoys it, and what that is which she enjoys. Let her then have no care for herself, for he who stands near her will not fail to see what is best for her since if she should contend with the understanding, to give it a share by taking it along with her, she cannot do everything, and must therefore let the milk fall out of her mouth, and so lose that divine nourishment. This prayer is thus distinguished from that wherein the soul is altogether united with God, for then the soul does not receive this nourishment by swallowing it down, but she finds it within herself, without perceiving how our Lord puts it there. Here it seems he wishes the soul to take a little pains, though this is done with so much ease, that it is scarcely felt. That which torments her here is the understanding, or imagination. This is not the case, however, when there is a union of all the three powers, because he that created them suspends them, and with the delight he then gives them, he employs them all without their knowing how, or being able to understand it. Hence, as I have said, when the soul finds in herself this prayer, which is a quiet and great contentedness of the will, without knowing how to judge distinctly what it is, though she sees clearly it differs exceedingly from all pleasures here below, since dominion even over the whole world, with all the delights thereof, would not be sufficient to make a soul feel in herself the satisfaction which the will has in its interior. For other pleasures of this life are, methinks, relished only by the bark or exterior of the will, 
as we may call it. When the soul, I repeat, finds herself in so high a degree of prayer, which, as I have said, is now very clearly supernatural, if the understanding, or to speak more correctly, the thought should run after the greatest fooleries in the world, let her laugh at it and leave it as a fool, and remain in her quiet. For it will go and come, because the will being here a powerful mistress, she will recover it without your afflicting yourselves. Yet if she seek by force of arms to bring it to her, she loses the strength which she has against it, and which she obtains by eating and taking that divine nourishment. Neither one nor the other will gain anything, but both will be losers. There is a saying, that he who strives to grasp at much, loses all at once. Just so, methinks, is it in this case. Experience will make this clear, and whoever has it not, no wonder if he consider what I have been saying to be very obscure. But I have already said, that with a little experience he will understand it, and may thereby benefit himself. And you will praise God that he was pleased to direct me to express so much here. Let us draw the conclusion then, that when the soul has arrived at this degree of prayer, it now seems that the Eternal Father has granted her request, viz., to give her in this life His kingdom. O oh, blessed petition! Wherein, without our understanding it, we ask for so great a good! O oh, blessed way of praying! I wish you, therefore, sisters, to consider how we should recite this heavenly prayer of the Our Father, and all our other vocal prayers. For as our Lord has done us this favor, we should forget all the things of this world, because when the Lord of our soul enters, he drives away the love of all creatures. I say not that all those who have it must necessarily be separated from the world, but I would have them understand, at least, what is wanting to them, and let them humble themselves, and endeavor to be more and more disengaged from every thought, because otherwise they will stop here. A soul to which God gives such pledges may be assured he intends her for some important service, and unless it be her own fault, she will advance exceedingly. But if he perceive that when he erects this kingdom of heaven in her house, she returns to earth, he will not only not acquaint her with the secrets that are in his kingdom, but he will confer this favor on her very seldom, and only for a short time. Now I may be mistaken in what I say, yet I see and know that this usually happens. And for my part, I consider this to be the reason why there are not many who are more spiritual. For as they do not correspond in their actions with so great a favor, and do not redispose themselves for receiving it, but rather take out of our Lord's hands the will which he already considered his own, and apply it to vile things, so he goes seeking for some who love him, in order to give them more, though he does not altogether take away that which he gave the others, when they live with a good conscience. But there are some, and I have been one of them, to whom our Lord gives tender feelings and holy inspirations, and light to know the nature of all things here below, and at last he bestows this kingdom upon them, and places them in this prayer of quiet. And yet they make themselves deaf, because they love so much to be speaking, and to repeat many vocal prayers in great haste, like one who wants to get through his task, having formerly bound themselves to say them every day, when, as I have said, 
our lord delivers his kingdom into their hands but they do not accept it imagining they do better in saying these prayers and so they forget the great favor our lord offers them do not you sisters act in this manner but watch carefully when our lord shall bestow this favor upon you consider that you lose a great treasure and that you do much more by leisurely saying one word of the our father than by often repeating it hastily without understanding it he to whom you pray is very nigh he will not fail to hear you and believe me hereby we may truly praise and sanctify his name for now you glorify our lord as if you belong to his house and you praise him with more ardent affections and desires and it seems you cannot help knowing him much better when you have tasted how sweet he is thus i exhort you to be careful since it is very important for you to be so end of chapter thirty one